This Riverton Local Ladies Fremont Food Hub podcast crossover special is made possible by the Lost Wells Cattle Company. Lost Wells is committed to providing their customers with a premium beef product. Their cattle is pasture-raised and grown at a natural pace, which provides a tender, flavorful beef. Lost Wells Cattle Company, located at 190 Dirt Road, just around the corner from the Midvale store, Visit them at lostwellscattle.com. Show is also made possible by Riverton's Remax All-Star Realtors. It's a great time to sell or buy a house in Riverton, Wyoming, and the great staff at Riverton Remax can help you get started. Check out their listings now at remaxriverton.com. Follow their Facebook page or book an appointment with them today at 856-7827. That's 307-856-7827, Riverton Remax All-Star Realtors. Hello, Riverton and Fremont County. This is Bethany Baldus and Jack Schmidt. And now you know Jack. (laughs) So many people say, you don't know Jack. (laughs) Now Now I know Jack. It's been a while for both of us to be in the studio, though you a little bit longer than myself. It has. This thing, uh, uh, just kind of recap a little bit uh, for people that might be tuning in for the first time. Uh, Bethany, of course, is our local political political as of saturday yeah yeah but 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 really the up and coming the new generation of new think whatever that is okay Mm -hmm. and we'll get into that a little bit and what i've been doing i'm the old guy i'm the retired (laughs) old fart uh but uh, with a passion about uh not only about food but about marketing and how we do it do it and how our food gets to us and we have started uh, in the last year, actually it's just been a year since we started this thing, a local food hub uh, that has been all uh, <laughs> consuming as far as time goes. Right. And we were talking, let's let's talk about that just a little bit if, if you'll allow me to start with. Well, actually I was going to, I'm going to interrupt you for one quick. I am, um, there was some good legislation passed this year wasn't there for food or did it get through i don't know if it got i was going to ask you house bill 85 (laughs) came up uh was going for the second or third reading yesterday but it got and and you're the political person here uh, so many bills (laughs) there is so many bills and it's so complicated the way these things happen from what I heard, and several of those uh, uh, sponsors of this are friends of mine, so I get little emails and stuff, but they were concerned because it didn't stay in the Ag Committee. Mm, it went into, it yes, it, and they were afraid. What it would do was, uh, to, to recap a little bit, uh, Wyoming four years ago passed the Food Freedom Act, yes, which says that between the producer and or his designated agent and the informed consumer there's no regulation which is just the way it ought to be in the, right. in the real world yes. we, we should be responsible for ourselves we should know our producer yes. that forces us to be and then that's what really that legislation is kind of what started you on this track because people started being able to sell food to people again correct exactly that's exactly what it did this legislation now what happened and as so many times does happen, <laughs> after the law was passed, then uh, it was changed mm-hmm. by the administrative uh, uh, agencies, and they took out the designated agent part. And what that did was that instead of 
being able to have farm stands where a farmer would sell his stuff and his neighbor's stuff and have a, have a kind of a, a viable business, then that means it has to be one-on-one, the farmer and the producer. And that really squelched the the economic development. Sure. Okay. Now, this, uh, this amendment that's in there right now loosens that up a little bit uh, to where you can take non-hazardous foods. So non-meat, basically. Food that does not have to be refrigerated. Okay. Is the way I understand it. Okay. And sell that at uh, at a retail uh, level. It doesn't have to be directly from producer. You you could have again that designated agent, which would help tremendously. Well, that would be a big deal. So then into the food hub, like what you guys would be able to sell up there and expand what you guys are able to correct. do. Correct. What we and we're just feeling our way along. We needed. We wanted. We thought we needed a, a certified kitchen. There was one at the airport and been sitting there for four or five years doing nothing. Mm-hmm. So we started that, that and a restaurant, and it's just, it's been, so it's right back to. Uh, I, I looped us around. <laughs> yeah, you did. You did a wonderful job. Uh, and what where we're at now, we started we started 1st of October, and it really has been all-consuming and not successful in in dollars. Or in community participation, the way mm. we thought, society's changed. Even though people are very, very, very uh, uh, favorable to local food, and everybody, everybody that I, and I talk to everybody, you know, yeah, I you like, do. I yep. like to talk. <laughs> That's uh, and when you talk to people up there as they're eating this local food, they'll say, "Boy, this is good, and we ought to do more of this, and this is a great deal." Uh, and it's worth more. They'll pay more for it. Da, 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 da. But as far as getting getting in there and helping, because mm-hmm. uh, that's what we were really hoping. We we started this as a hub, which is a supporting mechanism for lots of other little tangents, which we're calling spokes. And we thought maybe there would be a a, a, a dairy spoke and, and 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 maybe baking spoke and maybe a food rescue spoke. Uh, and an egg grading spoke, and and all these things that we would help support, but people people would do it. People would get on board. It's not all going to be the Jack Show. Exactly, it can't be. <laughs> right. Number one, because I'm not capable. No, I'm right. not. The, I'll admit I'm the one of the dimmer crayons, in this <laughs> and I'm getting old. Right, you know, and and wearing right. down fast. Well, and you have you have a, a life too. Like it can't just be Jack. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. And and it shouldn't be one person. Right. This really needs to. People need to, to get together and decide how they want their food processed and mm-hmm. marketed. And so it ought to be a community-supported thing, uh, uh, thing. And that hasn't happened. And and why? Well, because society's changed. We work a hell of a heart, lot harder now than we did when I was a kid. I mean, as far as hours at the workplace. Well, and we're also so removed from our food. So we go to the grocery store and we buy it. We don't think about... I mean, that's changing, but it's a slow progression. It's very um, slow. We, we've kind of gotten away from the world that, your guys, that you guys are trying to create. And um, I think that it's, uh, it's just hard sometimes to, like, start making that switch of knowing, like, okay, this is actually, like, food that came from here. It doesn't have all the chemicals in it. And it, it's definitely a progression that has to happen. It, that really is. And it's not going to be fast at all. No. And... To be clear, we're not looking to put Walmart out of business. Or Smiths. Exactly, because that ain't going to happen. They do a hell of a job. Yep. You know, commercial ag is just wonderful. That food is is plentiful. It's safe. 
but a lot of, there's a market developing for people that want uh, something different sure. and they want to have uh, uh, some kind of a say so in it. Uh, Brad Tindall, the, the president up at the college, mm-hmm. is one of the brighter guys. I need I've to ever, have him. Have you, you had him really on your did, show? No, but I need to. Oh, he's so he, fantastic. Of course, it'd have to be a three-hour show. Yeah, probably. You think I can talk. That guy <laughs> can talk. But, but he, he's, he, he, his doctorate is in sustainable ag econ. And he says that there's it's just like a milk and stool. There's three legs uh, to any viable enterprise. It's got to be uh, uh, economically uh, sustainable. Uh, it's got to be uh, uh, environmentally uh, sustainable, and it's got to be socially acceptable. Mm-hmm. And that's the big part. That's the that where we're trying to yes, that's bridge the, across. And that's where that communication between the farmer and the produ- and the and the producer and the buyer comes in, because that buyer wants to say so of how that animal's life is, and that's totally different. We're right. on, in agriculture. We're not used to t- people telling us what to do. Right. I, you know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yep. So that's, but we have to because that's the market, mm-hmm. and we're going to have to address that market. Right. Um. And then, did you guys already have your egg grading class? Or we're that- working on it okay. right now. I just got a. I just got an email from uh, from Ste- Stephanie Cyber is the uh, consumer health uh, representative here. Wonderful lady, and she gave us the. Uh, we had an egg grading class mm-hmm. that uh six of us five of us one guy monitored uh took the egg grading class uh, so in so so people should know that when you buy an egg in a restaurant in wyoming it is not a wyoming egg because for a restaurateur to sell an egg it has to be graded and and inspected and there are no grading and inspection stations i Okay, I gotta watch what I say. There, there, there is. Uh, I don't think there's there's one grading station that was in Thermopolis. I'm not really sure if it's up and going. There was an FFA group that was grading eggs and selling them to the or getting, putting them into the school system. Mm-hmm. Now I don't know if they're still going or not. Sure, but we have a, a little rest, a group of restaurants here that are very receptive to local food. They want it. Right. You right. Know? Right. And, they want local eggs, mm-hmm. even though they're going to be a lot higher. That's the one thing about commercial egg. You can go to the Smith's eggs are 12 cents a piece yep. in that 60 <laughs> thing. That's freaking ridiculous. Yep. You know, you can, I, if I was a chicken, I'd refuse to lay an egg. <laughs> if only they had that choice. I think yeah. chickens kind of are born on <laughs> yeah, that I track. Guess, <laughs> I guess that's true. I'd hold it. I wouldn't give it up. But, but the chickens from Wyoming, they have a lot better life. They don't get stuck in a... Nesting box 24-7. There, there is your social acceptability yep. <laughs> right there because commercial egg production, they allow those hens, and I think it's 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 like a third of a square foot, yeah. you know, in a wire cage. And when they uh, when they lay that egg, it rolls down a conveyor belt. You know, you don't see the sun, da, 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 all that stuff. And their existence is to lay a new egg tomorrow. Exactly. Whereas anybody that has a... Uh, we call them local eggs, a, 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 a free-range egg, whatever you want to call it, where the where the hens actually have access to fresh air, sunshine, grass, bugs, da 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 da, da uh, and do all the things that so they can the express chickens do express their chickenness. <laughs> if they're a chicken, you, if you're a chicken, you need to express your chickenness. <laughs> 
and you lay a better egg. And, and you really do. And boy, I'll tell you what, they, that, that yolk is a bright, bright, bright orange. Mm-hmm. And the album, you know, is, is thick and it doesn't run all over the, there's a huge, huge difference. Right. Of course, there's a huge price. Right. It costs three to four times more. We haven't figured it out because we haven't got our grading station up yet. I don't know what it's going to cost to pay somebody. Right. Know, in the big guys, they got, that's all automated. Right. So it costs a fraction of a cent a dozen right. to inspect the eggs. Well, it's interesting to think about that, though. Like the community partners like FFA, 4-H. I mean, there's definite places, hopefully, that you guys can pull from to be able to kind of build that program up so that it could be something. And that's what we're hoping for. So we got so it's a it's it's a two-way uh there's two components to an egg grading station. You have to have a grader that's gone through the the grading school. And that's is, the person. That's the person. Okay. And then there has to be a facility for that grader to work in. Okay. And that's what Stephanie is, is just emailing me about. She she has to okay the facility. And I've got to get my egg grading light up there. And, sure, so yeah, you can so, handle it. Exactly. So so as soon as we get the facility in, then we got the grader. They'll issue the grader a number, and we can start. But when you're starting like this, you know, how many... I wonder how it'd be interesting. I wonder how we should have a contest. How many eggs could you pick up and look at <laughs> in an hour? We, we could do that for a County 10 um, live stream. Well, that <laughs> would be good. Yeah, good. Because in the class, you know, you got to grade 100 eggs uh, in an hour. And it's, you know, it's a lot. of course, I dropped six in of them. An hour. <laughs> you, know? you dropped six of them. So you did 106 <laughs> then in an hour. And by the way, <laughs> I didn't pass. <laughs> So, so it's not coming this week. No, no, no. but we do have we do have graders that passed. And so, no, oh, good. So when we get the facility gone, which hopefully will be in the next, we'll be up quick, at the kitchen. Yes. Okay. Exactly. So we will have local eggs, and you know, hopefully pretty darn quick. And that'll be the. I like to be. I like the uniqueness that we got here in Wyoming, and this will be the only one in Wyoming. Mm-hmm. You know. Yep, yep. So, and who knows how big it gets and what it turns into. Exactly. And then maybe the kids can come, and that would be a, be a great educational process for mm-hmm. the kid. There's no age limit on being a grader. Right, you right. Know, you just got to pass the test. Right. And it's a, it, it, it's a wonderful educational thing. Um, so then do you have local farmers bringing, would local farmers be bringing the eggs to you, or where would you get your eggs for, from? To start with, yes, I'll just, for the, for, for my restaurant, for the, for the food hub, uh, we'll buy enough eggs for us. Uh, I would envision then the producers uh, getting together and forming a, some kind of an association to where we could custom inspect the eggs and then they could sell them to any restaurant they wanted to. Sure, sure. So they could almost bring them to you guys and then they would be their own seller. So they would take out a little bit of the middle. Correct. Room, that right? all has to be okayed by consumer health because they want to make right. sure they're refrigerated and all that sure but uh, that's all doable which is and all an american thing it yeah that is because <laughs> you're exactly right in in europe it's illegal to wash an egg mm-hmm. because the good lord put a, a coating on it so do you guys you wash look, them too you have during to, the grading so that's so so you wash so in an hour you have to do a yep. hundred you have to wash it candle it what else are you checking? This, yeah, yeah. The, the, you you check. Well, number one, you check for cracks. Oh, okay. That's the big. And then, so you you put the egg in the light, you spin it around, 
make sure the yolk is there and everything. And then you look for blood spots or yep. whatever, sir, or maybe a little baby growing in there. Right. We don't want no little babies. Right. Uh, and then, uh, and then you look for cracks in that egg. Okay. Because if there is a It'll. defect, mm-hmm. then it goes. Those in. are the ones you dropped. Yeah. <laughs> darn it. Gets the wall. Those six. Those were the. Those because are the ones you dropped. <laughs> really, that lets the bacteria, the bad right, stuff, sure. come in. Sure. Uh, and and the uh, the other thing is then that's the inspection. The grading part is where, where you, it's an A or a double A or a right. B, and that uh, one of the factors there is the. Uh, amount of the air uh in the in the egg when an egg is laid that air sac inside Mm -hmm. the egg which is usually the big end is non-existent so but as that egg war cools down then that air spot will will get bigger and it'll get bigger with the egg so an egg that's three or two or three weeks old is a big one and that's how they're graded so the fresher fresher they are the higher the grade okay okay but ours will be, you know, since they're people we're hoping are bringing them in, you know, just as quick as they can. Right. Uh, so it'll be, they'll all, we would hope for the bulk of them be great A. Great a right. Eggs. Right. Uh, and then the size is determined by weight, uh, which, but that's kind of a weird deal because you can average it about. Oh, <laughs> yes. so like you have a dozen and it's the average. Yeah, exactly. You can't have the little bit, not the little bitty pillow ones, but you know, but you average that, that size out. But an egg's an egg. That sounds like a lot of work to do in a little under a minute. Egg, like it sounds it, about 45 seconds per egg. Especially when you're clumsy like me. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm impressed with the people who passed. <laughs> I, I tell you what, I am too. Yeah. <laughs> but we'll see how it goes. There, There's ways to mechanize it, make it go faster. Sure. It could be a viable enterprise down the road, but you got to start somewhere. Oh, yeah. And I think, I, I mean, especially if you can keep the, get the young ones involved, like, it, I think that really helps build it, it. And then they kind of have that idea for something to do in the future. So as soon as one, one of the first things we're going to do to build uh, uh, community support and 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 the knowledge is we're going to start, uh, we'll have a uh, one night a uh, month or maybe every, once every two weeks, we'll have a community meal up there uh, at the restaurant where people are welcome to come in. It'll be a, a local thing, and we'll talk about local food, and we'll probably have eggs well, the first time. You know, one of the things also is, like, I would never trust my ability to cook to go up there and help you guys. So even like cooking classes and stuff, like there's opportunity there where maybe I always say one of the hardest things for the gym, and I think this would be the same as opening the front door. After you open the front door, every weight you can lift it, it's whatever. And this is kind of the same thing as finding like building people's confidence that I could create a meal that was good enough for the public to eat kind of thing good you know point. that is a good point mm-hmm. uh yeah yeah and that's the college is working on that they're uh, they're continuing in uh we're putting together a program on how to cook grass-fed beef right that's one of the big uh oh sure because uh, i'm sure it is a little bit different it's totally different yeah yeah it's a lot different because because you don't have as much fat and exactly. yeah exactly so that's there's a lot of things to learn in it. um it's also interesting because i think that like you start something and it progresses and it never goes the way that we plan on it going. Like we have this perfect dream. But the other thing is, is you guys started and you knew this in the winter. 
So <laughs> not too bright, was it? It, it was. It was though, because well, it'll. It's giving you the time to expand here. That's true. If we can get rid of this white stuff out here, um, there'll probably be just a lot more like everybody getting out and doing things. I totally things. agree. That's this. It's so weather sensitive, and then when people start producing things, and mm -hmm. then we can uh, we can uh, have all that. And I, I would I would foresee this thing going fairly fast right. as far as producers ramping up mm -hmm. to fit when they know their demands there, for instance, on the potato thing. And I'll put a, I'll, I'll, I'll put a little shout out to produce, potato producers now, or people that might want to produce potatoes. Uh, I've been buying at the restaurant, I, my potatoes, uh, from a local producer. I didn't think there was any, right. but I found a guy and I'll tell you what there is. That is so much better. Right now I pay I, my model right now is, is there's just one producer. I pay whatever he asks, right. you know, but in this, in this great capitalistic system mm -hmm. that we got, when you get more than one, then there's free enterprise and who, you know, the best at the, at the most advantageous prices who will pay for. So, I'd encourage producers to plant potatoes because there is a market for them. A lot of restaurants are seeing what we're doing and say, hey, we could do this too. What type of potato do you prefer? I, so we're for the hash browns, we got the Yukon Golds. Mm -hmm. For the uh, uh, French fries, uh, the russets. Okay. And then for the, for the, for the uh, roasted potatoes, the reds. So pretty much you can pick your, just pick your potato. Pick your spud. <laughs> pick your spud. <laughs> That's good. That, but a producer, just having a market, you know, we will fill, in agriculture, we take care of demand. Mm -hmm. And so if we've got a place to take care of that demand, people will plant for them if they know it's there. Right. So our job is to get that word out. Hey, plant something. It's, we'll, we'll be able to sell it for I you. I wish my asparagus was enough to share with anybody but it's barely enough to feed me so. that, but isn't that good <laughs> yes though? but i mean you'll have a season for that i'm sure a little well, that's, bit too. And yep. that's one of the early ones yep yep it, it really, so i mean yep. if people have asparagus just call me that week and I'll technology is working now where we've got uh, uh da, 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 we've got four greenhouses that are commercially viable and three more in in, in the plans mm -hmm. uh so you know just very quick. Of producers can, that are from here. Yes, right. Very within cool. Within 10 miles. Cool. So, Who, we, I, so will that affect their, because they're probably the ones who've been going to our farmer's market. Yes. So is it going to affect their farmer's market um, producer? I don't think so. I think it just expands what they're they can do. They're being able to ramp up more. Yes. And probably yes. have less waste. Farmer's markets are wonderful, but they're one day a week. Yep. And they're that certain hour, and a lot of people can't get to that sure. specific time. Sure. Where if we can we can have little uh, farm stores uh, and get it into the restaurants, get it into the schools. So to do that, to have your little farm store where it would sell all week, would you have to have that bill that house bill pass, or will you be able to do that without? You, some of it, you, you know, okay. it's it's a the the. This is the impact it, of paying attention to what's going on in Cheyenne. <laughs> exactly, <laughs> but, but you know, and this is the, the that uh, we need rules. I mean, yeah, let's let's sure. you know, there there's a there's okay, a place Jack, there for. Okay, Jack, you can have your rules. Yeah, <laughs> just but just a one or two. <laughs> we should be able as anybody take a bill and read it and understand what it's saying. Boy, isn't that the truth? Yep. They sent me that, that, that house bill 85. 85. I looked up the wrong number. Oh, I said, I said that they sent that thing to me. And I, like I say, I'm not the brightest crayon <laughs> in the box, but I'm not the dumbest either. 
I could not. That that's an art to read that. <laughs> that legalese, isn't it? It's not eighty five. Is it? No, I don't know. Um, food freedom amendments. It's eighty four. I got within one. Is. That's pretty close. You got within one. You're good. So after I know I was supposed to read through this. There's they. I think there were three hundred bills by the time it all closed <sighs> up. Like it's so much to keep track of. Which is all right. It's just a good learning experience. So, so we 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 run the food in the ground. We got it planted. What about the politics now? Let's talk a little <laughs> bit about that. It's yeah. kind. Of, it's fascinating now to watch. I, I really think that this election will be a big indicator of whether our system of whether we can govern ourselves. So. Um, you're very right because we have a lot of things coming up, um, like a presidential election that is very interesting. Yes, <laughs> that's just what we'll call it. It's very. I. I um, it's, it's hard not to step on toes. Yeah, it? but it it's a hard um, presidential election. I think it's one that will be divisive. Um, I hope on not. Who. I hope not so much that it. It, right, because yeah. I'm trying to do something different on top of it. So, like, we have the presidential election, and then I'm trying to be this third party and have a voice for everybody rather than... Um, and I don't know if a lot of people know this, but one of my biggest reasons, besides the fact that I'm very libertarian, um, one of my reasons for being a libertarian is because I don't like the primary wars that we have in Wyoming, and I want everybody to be able to vote for me in the general. And so, like, I... Like, if I switched parties, I would be going up against one or two people in a primary, and then only that party would be able to vote for me. And I'm not crazy about that. Um, I like I like the idea of everybody getting to be able to vote. And I so that's my own personal, like, a little bit of my why. <laughs> so, you, you, so your position is that a person really should vote for the uh, candidate, and not for the party. Yeah, something like that. That's, and I think everybody should. I, I get when like why the primaries happen to like make the pool smaller so that we don't have these huge generals. It's not that I don't get that concept, but um, I don't like it when like our sheriff is decided in the primary and I didn't get to vote for him because I'm a different party. Oh, okay. Or yeah, that, I or yes. a governor or yes. well, governor. Those ones usually have somebody go against them, but where they're figured, um, our county commissioners, that happens a lot, where only one party is getting to elect them. And that's something that's really um, stuck with me since I became an adult, that it just isn't okay to have like those, I call them primary wars, uh, where it doesn't go on into the general election. So, um, And so many of these things, when it seemed like in the good old days, you know, the parties would have planks in their in their platform. Mm-hmm. You I, you don't hear much. Libertarians about that. do a lot of planks. No, well, I, I mean <laughs> they're always planking. It's things. it's more of a, a more of a name calling now. Yeah. Than, than to establish what you're for, you yell out what you're well, against. And then it's even like this whole idea of calling people rhinos and dinos, and it's like, but you're the one. That, but the people are the ones who elected them, so that's who maybe represents them. It's really confusing, and I think that it comes a lot into this idea of having to belong to the right party. Um, and being that right thing to get elected, it doesn't really matter what your planks are, what your platform is, where you're standing. 
just if you're there, that's where they um, vote you in. It just, it's something that I think that we need to go back into, like, actually, I don't have a problem with parties for as a whole. I think they should be an um, identification where, like, I say that I'm this, you're that. Okay, fine. Um, the sky's blue and the grass is green. Like, it doesn't really matter. It shouldn't be, like everything that defines us and I'm only going to go this route because of this because that can really lead us down a scary road it can and especially when people associate with the party and then the party changes and they just blindly fly which I think has happened a lot um over the lot for both parties yeah. that honestly and that's one of the things that I look at the libertarian party and it has been the beginning it has been the same from the beginning um they're very um freedoms individual freedoms doing things exactly like what you're saying basically getting federal government out of our states getting state out of our towns and so on um and i really think that that's like it's not just following and it doesn't sway and i i would say that it's almost a set of principles rather than just a party there you go yeah yeah Yeah. so thomas jefferson i think would have been a libertarian now yeah the government, the government governs best, governs least. Yep, yep, yeah. And I, I really think it's we, those few little rules. There you go. It is, and and, and, and we have a book of them. It's so weird. It's like called the Constitution, <laughs> yes. and and there's like a Bill of Rights that go with it. It's odd. That's right. That's right. And we and and that's the, the, that's a, the, a fascinating point on that is we need to determine. We we just kind of assume that a party is going to take care of us. Well. The best government is the closest government. Mm-hmm. You start at the local, mm-hmm. and we need to get a lot more. And you did this, you know. You start right down at the at the at the grassroots. Yep. And we need to know our local people. And we're real lucky in Wyoming because they're not so darn many. They're of us. so accessible. Exactly. Um, I while well, I was down in Cheyenne, I was down there for three weeks, and I had a friend come over. Um, to help me, Rand Paul came and did a rally for the bill that um, Tyler Lindholm was sponsoring that I was helping with. And um, it was really cool to bring him in there. He was from Florida, and he walks in, and he says, I just can't believe how accessible everything is. He says, you don't have to go through metal detectors, which don't say that too loud. They might add something. <laughs> but, but then you go in, and the way the new capital is, like there's glass about – eye height but you can actually like look over and see like the people walking around milling around you can go out and meet your legislators in the lobby it just they're so accessible and really there's only 90 of them so for the entire state 60 in the house and 30 um in the senate and that's that's really an easy number to like start making acquaintances with and being able to get some of these things, finding out what their niche is and what um, they can do to help you. For instance, with the Fruit Freedom yes. Act and Representative yes. Lindholm has been a huge proponent. Well, on he's that. the one that, yeah, well, he, he yeah, yeah. Was, they put all everybody's names on there, but yeah, yeah. he's the. <laughs> he, and, it, and, and really, it was Sue Wallace that started mm. it before him. Sue, was she the. She was the one, she introduced a thing for, I think, I don't know, a dozen or 15 years. Yeah. And it was the year she passed away. Well, and I think it, it up. that's, that's kind of continued the legacy and that's kind of it too is knowing that if there's something that you see that needs to change it's not going to happen overnight which it really shouldn't they yes our deal was set up to be really slow but Mm -hmm. that's we're not set up to be slow are we 
We no, walk. We, we, our society is very fast. This is true. Lord, grant me patience and <laughs> give it to me right now. This is true. So, um, you guys have, so back onto the food hub, because okay. you guys have a lot of things going on. Um, I mean, I can talk politics all day. I have, we got to, we got to pace that because I got go. nine I, months I into this. Yeah. <laughs> um, but you guys have the food hub up there. You guys are serving six days a week. Uh, yeah, actually five. We're, five. Clo- we're closing on Tuesdays and, and Wednesdays now. Wh- what we're trying to do is service the airline passengers sure. first. Because w- what's happening is, as far as the general population go, they come up on, on the weekends. But during the week, they don't. People right. are working in Wyoming. Right. So you, guys, so you guys did open on Sunday. You open on Saturdays and Sundays. Yep. We did put a counter in the secured area. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I think that that's about, it's, it's the only farm-to-table food in an airport. Maybe, I know in Wyoming, maybe in the country. Yeah. You know, so it's. Well, I don't know where else would be doing it. <laughs> well, actually, I talked to a lady called yesterday from Cody. Uh, and they're 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 trying to open up a thing there. And when they built the airport there, there's a uh, counter that it goes both into the regular restaurant and into the security. Okay. Area. So, uh, but everything changed in nine one one because what what'll happen now is people come up to the uh, to get on the plane. Uh, so the first flight in the morning. There's only two flights now. It's seven thirty in the morning and two thirty in the afternoon. So the seven thirty flight, people t- they tell them to get there an hour and a half early, right? And by we do what we're told, <laughs> and so they come in and they check in at the counter, and then the TSA is open. Uh, so I have to go through the TSA first right. with my food. All my food is checked because okay. I am one dangerous hombre. Yeah, yeah. I had to go. I paid one hundred and twenty dollars to get my little get checked, but I still have to be right. You know, so. And I've got, I had a, a broke my neck a few years ago and I got some screws in there. So you, so you are that guy that takes some time every time too. They pat me down <laughs> every day. The same guy pats and they pat in places that you don't want to get patted by the same guy every day. <laughs> so it's, you know. Uh, but we know you're safe. Oh, I'm safe as heck. <laughs> and patted as heck. But so the food goes in, and then the people come in. Average weight in that TSA uh, room, and since we got a fifty passenger plane, it's crowded now. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of people, uh, so the average wait is about thirty five minutes. But in Wyoming, it, 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 it's been up to three hours. Oh wow! Well, and you're in that little fishbowl. I I remember when I flew out of there for basic training, I could see my parents on the, it's kind of like this room where you can see the people on the other side, but you're stuck on this side. It's like, it's, I like it on the outside. It looks like you're watching monkeys. Yeah. <laughs> it's awful. <laughs> it's good. It's good. I'm really excited on all of the changes that they're it, doing up there. And, and they're doing, they're on, on track. They have to have 10,000 employments, which is people going on and off the uh-huh. plane, uh, in order to get a million dollar subsidy, a million dollar grant. Grant. from the government uh and they've uh they're on there they had almost a thousand in january well last time i looked up their prices were reasonable well, yes and they're, they're doing a they're doing a good job uh, like it definitely was one of those where it made way more sense to fly out of riverton than try to go anywhere else exactly. and now you can get food exactly. while you're up there yeah, too yeah, so, yeah, you're yeah. Not so that's gonna be hungry. you know so we feel like that we're helping each other that's why right. i, I want to keep this facility up there mm-hmm. uh for that reason i want that, that that airport uh to to be kind of our focal point 
I don't know if the restaurant, you know, the restaurant on the weekend's fine. I don't know if it's good. We're staying up on the week. We just right. have to, we're, we're a work in progress. Right. There's lots of things that can happen. One of them is pre-prepared or pre-prepped meals using local food with that blue apron. Uh, sure. Uh, that kind sure. of that kind of business model mm-hmm. where you take it and make a meal using local food and then people pick it up. Now, uh, it wouldn't be convenient to drive to the airport, but if we can find someplace else right. to make to make a deal. There was a lady be, who did salads like that a few years she ago. did, and she did a wonderful yes. job, and I'm going to talk to her. And they were amazing, and they were totally worth all the money. And I would make them... Um, so what I did was I split the salad into two so I could make two meals out of it and just add meat and more meat. Sure, whatever. whatever. So, yep. Yeah. So things like that mm-hmm. are the spokes that we're talking about right. that we want people to, to we'll, we'll help them all they can. We've got, we've got a certified place. We'll help you with the, with the health regulations, uh, uh, procurement and all that, that kind of stuff. If you've got a great idea about food, that's what we're here for. Right. I like to eat food. <laughs> but I haven't been up enough, and I was wondering: Are your Saturday and Sunday crowds starting to grow? Uh, just you know, the, this, the it's airport, very yeah, it's very weather sensitive. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The used airport to be the used to deal. be a huge deal, so I think it's even just getting people back in order or back in that pace of going up to the airport. And then and the, and the, and I'm not a restaurant tour, you know. I, right. If if anybody is, come see me. You can have that. I mean, <laughs> golly, I need that. We need we need a pie baker. We need good pies. Sure. Now we do have. So I I will brag on my biscuits. You know they're. Uh, you know I know pride's a sin, but right. I'll, I'll be go to hell if they're not the best biscuit you'll ever. So you know, just the 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 cowboy stuff is okay, but we need a lot of refinement. Right. And, and we can do it because we got this local food that we got. Uh, and let's talk about beef for a minute. Yes. Is that okay? Because yeah. that's the best. We, we should talk about all the food. <laughs> <laughs> well, the beef has probably got the most potential of anything. In fact, there was an article that uh, Brad sent me uh, that had all the, the statistics as far as what we could produce, where we could uh, the beef consum the beef production in Wyoming. If we kept the money here, it could rival coal as far as a revenue generator. Wow. So what happens, everybody in the cattle business knows this, that this is cow-calf country. These are all our mama. The, the cattle you see out here are the mamas. They're the factories. They have the babies. They're having them right now. And then those will, those will run on their mamas all summer. We'll wean them off in the fall. The vast majority of them then are sold in the fall, <coughs> early winter, as calves. Some of them are kept as yearlings. They they are sold then and leave. They go somewhere else. Where do they typically go? Most because our system now is is corn fed beef. They go to the corn belt, okay. which or or or, or 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 the Great Plains. Okay, all right, where the feedlots are, and that's where the packing plants are. Sure. So and so you'll have tens of thousands, hundreds of thousands of cow calf producers that sell their cattle to thousands of backgrounders and uh, and growers that sell their cattle to hundreds of feedlots which sell those cattle fat to f- a f- handful of packers mm. so all that money is going in it exactly and the, f- the 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 i don't want to i'm not a big i don't like to look on the dark side too sure. much but of the four uh, largest packers 
and those four packers account for almost 90% of the cattle uh, slaughter. Mm-hmm. Of those four large packers, two of them are foreignly owned. So there's only two okay. American owned. So that money. Is that Mexico or? Brazil. Brazil. Interesting. Yeah. So that money leaves. Sure. All right. Sure. Uh, and what you're saying is that there, we're leaving enough money on the pl- table right now that it could rival coal. Exactly. Right. So in that in that equation, let's just put that just uh, so you've got a you've got that uh, calf that we're selling here in in Wyoming, and then back here at the at the meat coming out of the retail space. So cut that into thirds. That cow calf producer is getting about a third, just roughly. There's a third of that uh, for the next guy and the and the sure. feedlot uh, and the processor, the, the guy, the, the four big ones, and then a third of it for the retail. Technology now is allowing us to, for that rancher himself to recoup a lot of that money. There are small modular uh, slaughter and processing units that you can buy that aren't in the fact that the college just bought a module right. and went for a teaching unit. Uh, and those are not, I mean, That's everything's That's kind of what's expensive. going on with the USDA factory up on the hill, correct? Correct, okay. yes. So would that we, factory, what would that be? It's a plant. Plant, processing sorry. Plant, yeah. Okay. <laughs> so so th- we could recoup that, that processing thing. And then the really fascinating thing for me is this move we've had, the, let's call it the, the Amazon model, where people are so receptive to buying things over the mail. Mm-hmm. And beef and food is getting to be huge that way. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we could actually uh, sell that meat ourselves. There's no reason sure. we couldn't have a Wyoming branded meat product. Sure. We could get together and put that and put our product together, make sure it's a, have a protocol to have like kinds of meat, and then sell that in a frozen box that goes right to that consumer. And that has really, really grown and, and I think that's a, there's a huge possibility there, and that's where we could rival coal. Right, if we could capture all that that money, and the wonderful thing about it, it goes to the rancher. Right, it stays here. It stays here. Do you guys have a lot of um, legislative things to combat on the way there, or is everything kind of laid out right it, now? It's not too bad. Brad's done a wonderful job. Where, where the the biggest hurdle was, and he's addressed that. Is, is the education. Everything mm-hmm. starts with education. Sure. Well, how do you learn to be a butcher? Sure. Traditionally, you went and, and, and hired on with another butcher. butcher. Yeah. Well, there's no butchers around. Right. Bruce is, is, is retired. There's just this, you know, get Jared down in, in Hamilton, uh, Jared Hamilton down there in Hudson. But where do you learn? So the CWC is in the process. They've already got the curriculum established for a, uh, to learn how to be, we want to be able to train people to go out to have a, have a live creature out there uh, and humanely and respectfully slaughter that animal and then take it all the way through and process right. it to that meat cut uh, to have that knowledge for the whole thing. They kind of call that craft butchery. It used to be just sure. butchery, but now it's, now it's, you <laughs> because know. you're not the big, you're not the big butcher. It's just a craft. So if you go, if you go get a job as a butcher at Tyson mm-hmm. uh, in Garden City, Kansas, They'll give you a Keflon glove and a knife and an apron and a hairnet, and they'll have you stand in one place for 10 hours a day and make one cut as that meat goes by. Right, and then the next guy does the next cut. Exactly, so that's not a butcher. Um, So then will that be like kind of like a trade school level degree, or will it be a two-year, or will they do it um, similar to how they do that – 
cosmetology school where it's like you can get licenses and then they it'll, can add on for an associate if they want. It'll be both. We, okay. We could add, we could, Fantastic. We, uh, there will be a certificate program where you can come and just do that or you can add this to your curriculum and then and then go on to wherever you want. So. Because it's even different for like cattle um, and wild game, right? Because we have quite a few wild game producers. But the muscles are all the same. And the sure, carcasses, but, yeah. But, but the, it's the license, like the things that you can do, correct? Yes. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So there's a, you know, that's, so the education starts the thing. Yeah. So we've got that, we've, and the, the, what just fascinates me is we've got all the puzzle pieces. We just got to put We're them putting together. them together. Yeah. We got the, we got the raw, we got the factory out there. Those factories have babies every year. And these ranchers around here are the best cattle producers sure, in the sure. world. We've got, so everybody says, well, what are you going to feed it? We don't have any corn. Well, that's where this grass-fed thing with this market that's developing, doesn't look like there's much grass here, but watch, here's good stuff. Right. And we can uh, we can produce a, uh, a finished product, you know, on the resources that the good Lord gave us right here. So if we have the processing and then the marketing, that's and so they're also brands also uh, CWC is is incorporating a entrep- marketing entrepreneurial uh, uh, curriculum right. out there where people can brainstorm. How do we get this stuff? We got people out there that want it. We got people out here that's got it. We've got a system. We got the internet where we can do it. We've got the we got the packaging uh, that we can ship it. We got the shipping places to do it. You know how do you get all that together? Right. And when that happens, then we. Then we're competing against the big guys. Yeah, that, that's so awesome. I, you know, it's it's projects like these and like the medical district, and we just have. And I mean, honestly, the work that's been done on the airport. Um, there's just so this building maker space. Like, there's so many things in our community that just to me give me so much hope for um, people actually wanting to bring it in, hone it in, bring it back to what we were originally supposed to be. So let's put that, let's, let's kind of t- wrap this up then yeah. with that. Uh, if people have an idea and we all do, yep. that's wonderful. Thing. God gave us this mind. <laughs> some of, some of you have bigger minds than the rest of us, but, <laughs> but yours they, is they got, pretty big. Well, Jack. <laughs> if you got an idea, there are supporting mechanisms out there for whatever it is, mm-hmm. you know, so get a hold of somebody. We'll talk, you know, let's talk and, and get these brainstorming sessions because that's that generates all these ideas. And who knows what happens then? Well, you know, like to tie it all together, like I think that's one of the biggest parts of being a representative of the community, whether elected or not, like just being out there and being involved and knowing what hurdles you guys are going to have legislatively knowing um because a person can't know all of that just by knowing it there's 300 bills out there right now or there were there's not that many anymore but um so i mean like knowing the industries and how everything works i feel like is everybody's kind of civic duty to kind of know what's going on around them and it's it's getting to be much much more important all the time with this uh, coronavirus Mm -hmm. there's always going to be stuff like this coming down the road and since our so much of our food is imported now, yep. you know, we need to get right back to where the neighbors are growing our food or we're growing food for our neighbors, uh, and it's so much more safety. And, you know, being at the beginning of the coronavirus thing, we don't know what it's going to look like for um, the U.S. yet, but I think it's a good time for all of us to step back and think, 
where do we want our things to come from and how local do we want to have things and um it should be from the bottom up rather than coming down so totally agree very good do you have a poem for us today you you want a poem i always want a poem i always got a poem <laughs> so this is uh, uh this is uh, uh guy in lander wrote this one it's probably one of my favorite poems it's about uh answered prayer <clears throat> Jake the rancher went one day to fix a distant fence. The sky was dark and cloudy, and clouds grew gray and dense. And as he drove those last staples in and gathered his tools to go, the temperature was falling, the wind and snow began to blow. And when he reached his pickup, he had a heavy heart, because from the sounds of that old battery, he just knew it wouldn't start. Well, Jake did what a lot of us would have done if we'd have been there. He humbly bowed his balding head and said aloft a prayer. <clears throat> and when he tried that ignition, well, he softly cursed his luck. They found him three days later, frozen stiff in that old truck. Now, Jake had been around in life, and he didn't share a Roman. But when he got to heaven, he was shocked because it looked just like Wyoming. Of all the saints in heaven, his favorite was St. Peter. This verse one really needed, but it fits for rhyming meter. I always heard, Jake said to Pete, that God would answer prayers. But the one time that I needed him, he just wasn't there. Does God answer the prayers of some and ignore the pleas of others? That don't seem exactly right, because I know all men are brothers. Or does he randomly reply without good rhyme or reason? according to the time of day or the weather or the season. I ain't trying to be smart, Pete. This is just the way I feel. So I'm wondering, can you tell me, what the heck's the deal? Well, St. Peter listened carefully, and when old Jake was through, there were smiles of recognition, and he said, so that was you. That day your old truck wouldn't start and you sent your prayer flying? Well, <coughs> you caught us right at quitting time. But there was a whole bunch of us trying. A thousand angels rushed to check the status of your file. But you know, Jake, we hadn't heard from you in quite a long, long while. No, Jake, God answers everybody's prayers. He ain't got no quota. But he didn't recognize your voice and started a truck in North Dakota. So the moral of this story is to keep in touch. <laughs> that's good that is a really good one you never disappoint me <laughs> um i have a qu one more quick thing i know that's supposed to be our end <laughs> but um so you're going to be back on the podcasting yep. and yep. be looking forward to you bringing some guests on yep. for your channel and all of that yep. so yeah promise Promise. All right. I'm holding you to Including it. Including your dad. We gotta, I know. We, we got to talk about milk. <laughs> well, yeah, there was a bill for that, wasn't there? Yeah. How did it do? No. No. Well, <laughs> next year. <laughs> exactly. Just send me to Cheyenne. There you go. <laughs> All right. Thank you, Jack. Thank you, Bethany.